0: Save your seat now at com. That's com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. For
1: some of us, it's a process of becoming and getting clearer, which was my story. So every step we get closer to that place that feels really alive and delicious for us.
0: Do you love going to work? Are you one of those people who hops out of bed eager to start your morning routine so you can get to the office and dig into that work feeling lit by purpose and passion? Well, according to recent research, if you answered yes to those questions, you're actually among the minority of Americans. Loving our jobs isn't the default, but getting there and finding your next opportunity that does light your fire is possible. After spending a decade grappling with a fast paced career in marketing and two autoimmune diseases, Amina hit burnout in hopes of healing her own life. She sought training in coaching nutrition, fitness, and mindfulness. And her goal became to teach others how to balance a thriving career, body, and mind. She takes a holistic approach to coaching, examining any blocks in the mindset, in our bodies, and in how we lead. Amina is on Gold Digger to talk about hustle culture, about knowing the difference between burnout and exhaustion, setting boundaries in the workplace, and tips for confidently selecting your next path towards an aligned, authentic career. Let's dig on in with our guest today, Amina Altai. It is such a pleasure to share the business podcasting space with the man, the myth, the legend, John Lee Dumas. We're both on the HubSpot Podcast Network, and honestly, his podcast is among the elite veterans of the field. Entrepreneurs on Fire stokes inspiration and shares strategies to fire up your entrepreneurial journey and help you create the life you've always dreamed of. He tackles topics that I know you'll love in a clear, concise, and actionable way with episodes like how to dramatically improve conversions and marketing performance, how to master sales, persuasion, and influence, and how to build, design, launch, and grow a small company. Trust me, Entrepreneurs on Fire is a wealth of information for business owners just like you you. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Amina, welcome, welcome, welcome to the gold digger podcast. I am so excited to speak with you today. Jenna, thank you so much for having me. I'm literally fangirling and over the moon to be here, truly. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Okay, so before we dive on into some of the nitty-gritty things like hustle culture, let's first talk about your career backstory. I want to know about the path that led you to helping others to find careers and work that they feel good about. Tell me about this. Yes.
1: So I came to this work because for a really long time, I didn't feel great in my work. And so I... I started my career in marketing at Cartier, which was really amazing. And pretty early on, I realized I didn't really belong in corporate America. It really wasn't the space for me. And so pretty early on into my journey, I decided I wanted to kind of step into entrepreneurship. So I wrote a business plan with someone that I'd gone to school with, and I decided that I wanted to create a hybrid marketing agency. So on one side, I was going to create an agency where we were going to work with emerging female entrepreneurs and take sweat equity in their company. And on the other side, it was going to be traditional agency. But the caveat here is that I brought in all of my familial programming. I was a major people pleaser. I had no boundaries and I brought all of that into the business. And so about five years in, I had this major crash and burn and I developed two autoimmune diseases and it was very dramatic where I hadn't been feeling well and my hair was falling out. And I went to seven different doctors and then it was a Friday afternoon and the seventh doctor calls me while I'm driving to a client. And they're like, Amina, where are you? I was like, oh, I'm driving to a client. Like, it's fine. Like, what's the deal? And she's like, pull over. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm super type A. I can't be late. Like, I just got to go. And she's like, no. If you don't go to the hospital now, instead of going to your client, Mm -hmm. you are days away from multiple organ failure. And I know it was so dramatic. And so I call it my stop moment, the moment where I had to stop, right? I couldn't keep going the way that I was going. And I had to choose a different way. And so... I did. And I went on what I call my eat, pray, love year. So I ended up selling my half of the business to my partner. And I went back to school to study coaching, movement, mindfulness, nutrition, kind of all the tools and all the things to feel good in my own life. And I was just so lit up by what was available to me when I actually felt well. And I was like, Oh, I want to teach this full time. So coming out of that, I actually started a corporate wellness company, which turns out wasn't the thing for me, but it got me kind of closer to the, what the thing was for me. So yeah, yeah. I remember at that time, I was like, oh, yeah, this feels right. And this is the next thing. And I did it for about two years. And I remember on my vision board, I wanted to, to basically give a talk at this top four consulting firm. And I was like, oh, when I give a talk there, I will have arrived. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know the feeling. Yes. So so I get there, I give the talk, it's wonderful, and then I get off the stage and I run to the bathroom and I burst into tears. Like big, like uncontrollable sobs. And I was like, "What is my problem? Didn't I say that I wanted this thing?" And I realized at that point, I mean it took, you know, weeks and weeks, maybe months of introspection, but realizing that I was kind of teaching from a part of myself, not the whole of myself. So that's when I sat down to design my curriculum that I teach now as a coach, which sits near a section of kind of business and career coaching mindset and wellness. So we can really support ourselves in those three areas to really thrive. So my career has been very twisty. It has not been linear whatsoever, but every step has gotten me clearer.
0: What I love that you said, Amina, and you probably said it without even thinking twice, but when you did something, you're like, it wasn't the thing, but it got me closer to the thing. And I feel like nowadays we romanticize like that one true passion. And I don't necessarily know how easy it is for most of us to find it because we're multi-passionate we're evolving we're changing we're learning and I just love that you said like it brought me closer brought me closer instead of saying it was a failure or gosh I'm so angry at myself for going down the wrong path again can you talk a little bit about that I'm sure that was just kind of a sub thought but like I think that's really really interesting
1: Mm, I love that. So I agree with you. I think as humans, we are always evolving. And I think that in years gone by, decades gone by, generations before us, we didn't live as long and we had one career and it was linear and it was this one path. And to your point, like now we're multi-hyphenate, we have so many slashes in our titles and there's so much information out there and we have permission to evolve all the time. And so of course our careers would evolve alongside us. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I really try to give to myself of like, I love this thing now and I'm great at this thing now. And... And there might be something else in the future too. And it's, we're always becoming.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, I love that. So you talk about kind of your own burnout. And I, mm-hmm. I think a lot, a lot of people have experienced burnout, whether it's career, relational, or any sort. I want to know what your unfiltered opinion is on hustle culture, because I think a lot of times we're kind of consuming that idea, that mentality if I just work harder, if I just work harder. And a lot of times it leads us to that stop moment. So what do you kind of think about hustle culture and where do you think we're going?
1: Yeah. So I have this quote on my website that says our next level of success won't come from doing more. It'll come from being more you. Mm. And like that's my experience. So, you know, there were times where I was like pushing and forcing and my body would just be like, no more. And I think that's true for a lot of us. I mean, 52% of us are burned out right now says indeed. So I think that we're all kind of rumbling with these things. And so for me, I was coming from a wound and this is kind of true for a lot of my clients. So like I grew up, you know, I'm an immigrant and I have four amazing sisters and each one is like more smart, more beautiful than the next. Like, it's just like, (laughs) they're just like incredible humans. And so I grew up not necessarily feeling like fully seen and fully heard. And so kind of my role in the family system was like caretaker. And also I was like, okay, I may not be the smartest, but I will be the hardest worker. So I'll be like the last one standing. I will be here till the 11th hour. And obviously, I carried that into work until it nearly took me out for good. And I think that's true for so many of us. Like we're coming from a wound. There's something inside of us that needs to be healed or doesn't feel seen or heard. And so we're seeking that thing outside of ourselves. But we end up kind of instrumentalizing our bodies, almost like dehumanizing, like trying to squeeze every last drop out of ourselves. And it's not possible, right? We're human beings, not doings. And I think that we're really moving into a direction where we're shifting all of that. It's just not possible Mm -hmm. to keep going. And I, when I'm working with clients, I always invite them into thinking about sort of triple bottom line approach of like people profit the planet, not just profit. Like humans are such an integral part of our success. We have to take care of our people and take care of ourselves. And it's no longer a luxury. Self-care isn't a luxury. We have to really prioritize it to be able to show up really fully for the work that we're called to do.
0: Oh, have you seen the movie Encanto? Oh my God. I just watched it for the first time this weekend, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, when you were talking about like your sisters and stuff, I just think it's, I've been just thinking about that so much about like the birth order and just like the family dynamics. And, you know, I think to being a mom again to another daughter. Mm -hmm. It just has me thinking about all of these things. So I just loved how you described your family, but also kind of that role that you took on. And I think to a lot of entrepreneurs kind Mm -hmm. of have that same role within them. Like I will work hard, I will push, I will make it happen. I know that's the case for me, at least a lot of Enneagram threes are in the entrepreneurial space. And so it's kind of that performer, that, that role of that. And so I'm so curious, what are your thoughts Spoke so eloquently on this idea of like moving into this new phase where like self care is a necessity, we have to prioritize it, we have to rest. What can someone do if they're feeling burnt out or if they're listening and they're like, I am getting so close to my own stop moment, I don't want to hit it if I can avoid it. What do I do?
1: Yeah. Such a great question. So I think of burnout or sort of what contributes to burnout as four things. So biology, invisible labor, visible labor, and tolerations. So biology, those of us with female hormones actually have a higher propensity for burnout. It's just the way that we're designed. Unfortunate maybe, but it's the way that we're designed. So we want to kind of know that piece so that we can be really conscious of it. Then the second piece is invisible labor. So a lot of us are doing labor that isn't seen and isn't paid for, right? Particularly women in the context of work and at home too. So we do a lot of the stuff that, you know, is behind the scenes or the organizing. There's also the passion tax, right? So those of us that are passionate about our work, we're asked to do more that isn't actually paid for. So there's that piece. There's the visible labor. So the work that people are seeing and we're getting paid for, even though that can be a lot, particularly in a pandemic. And then there's toleration. So what are the things that we're tolerating that we need not be tolerating? And all four of those things kind of combine and create this like perfect storm of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. So we want to kind of look at each of the areas. So like biology wise, like, am I supporting my biology? Am I supporting my hormones? Am I taking care of myself? Invisible labor. How much invisible labor are you really doing? Like if you took inventory of your week and you saw, okay, how much work am I doing that's behind the scenes that I'm not getting credit for that I'm not being paid for? And we want to reevaluate that. Do you have the capacity emotionally and physically to, to stay on the court with that? Maybe not. And then the visible labor. Yeah, people are seeing it. We're being paid for it. But are you doing way more than you need to? Are you kind of burning the candle at both ends? Are you on too many projects? Are you working too many hours? How can you look at that and shift? And then the tolerations. Tolerations are my favorite because really, real talk, we're all tolerating things in all areas of our lives and we need to have honest conversations with ourselves about what we're tolerating. So are we tolerating being overworked? Are we tolerating being undersupported? Are we tolerating being underpaid? There's so many things that we're usually tolerating and we get an opportunity to shift that. So as you make your list of tolerations, what are the things that you can have conversations about to really shift so that you could actually support your mind, your body, your heart, so that you feel really whole and full in the context of your work and not burned out?
0: Wow, that was so powerful. I think everyone needs to listen to that multiple times because I think each of us plays those different roles in different relationships and in different settings. And that's like massively powerful. I want to know. So, one of my best friends, she just got a new job and she works more in a corporate setting. And mm-hmm. she was messaging me yesterday and she's like, I just started this new job. I'm so overwhelmed. They're so behind. There's so many meetings. I don't even know when I'm going to be able to actually get my work done. And it really kind of made me so excited about this conversation and asking you this question, because I think a lot of times if you're an entrepreneur, you're like, okay, I can implement change or, you know, maybe I can create better boundaries or, or a better, you know, a better environment for myself or my team to work in. But how can it look when you need to set workplace boundaries? I know with my friend, I was like, I've got the perfect answer coming tomorrow for you. (laughs) What would that look like?
1: That's such a beautiful question. And it's, you know, it's true. Like I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. So it can feel like we have more agency in our own space and it can feel definitely more challenging in the context of if we're an entrepreneur inside of an organization. So I just want to name that piece of like, it can feel harder for sure. And then also for a lot of women too, it often doesn't feel safe to set boundaries, particularly for women of color, right? A lot of people can be quote unquote punished or there can be retribution for setting a boundary. So there's fear around boundary setting. So I just want to name that piece because it, it's hard. If it were easy, we would all do it. So I think around boundary setting, I love this quote by Prentice Hemphill that is, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. I think at work, it's like the distance at which I can honor you and honor me simultaneously. And so when it comes to boundary setting... I always invite people to get really clear on what we will allow, what we'll accept and what we'll not allow. So, you know, will I allow 11th hour projects? Will I allow several of those? Will I allow myself to be under supported? So getting really clear on those three categories of what we'll allow, what we'll accept and what we won't allow. And this being aligned with your values as well. So hopefully you're inside of an organization that is values aligned with you. So hopefully when it comes to setting those boundaries, you know, there's that alignment there. And sometimes there's not, and we need to accept that piece. And we also want to create as much psychological safety as we can for ourselves in having those boundary conversations. So sometimes we might need to pull in like allies, sponsors, or advocates that could also reinforce that boundary for us. And another thing, too, is if we can kind of prove the business case for it as well, I find that can be really helpful. So. Mm-hmm. A format that I use with my clients, it's from the Center for Creative Leadership. It's called the SBIS model. So situation, behavior, impact, solution. So as you're having these conversations inside work around setting boundaries, okay, so what's the situation? What's the behavior that's causing the breakdown? So maybe the behavior is like, we're just like tacking on tons of projects without actually moving new projects out. And it's like really creating stress on our team. So the impact is that we're highly stressed and we're not doing the best work that we want to be able to do for our team, for our culture. And so the solution is that we highly prioritize this and this is what we want to be focused on. So you're basically going in with a business case. You're talking about the impact and you're talking about the solution and how it would be supportive for everybody. So I find that that part can be helpful too. So getting really clear on what our boundaries are, what we'll accept, what we won't accept and what we're going to allow, pulling in our advocates and our allies if we can, and then going in with the business case using that SBIS model. So hopefully those are some hot tips that support.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. And honestly too, it's so important that you look at values and I was just walking through one of my friends is changing careers and I kept telling him I'm like, you know, they say work-life balance is a thing, but do their lives actually show that? Like what do their lives look like? They have children, are they with their children? Like, you know, just things like that and I think it's so crazy because I think company culture is something that we are way more aware of these days, but a lot of companies talk the talk, but don't necessarily walk the walk. And it's like, they're so busy sharing these different benefits that they think are really cool. But if they're not actually adding value to the employees lives, they don't really matter. And so I think it is just fascinating where it's really important now more than ever, especially when we're wearing so many hats. A lot of times work is happening in the same place that we're parenting or in relationship with other people that we really look at, like, are the top leaders exemplifying these values? Because I really do think a lot of it goes top down. Do you agree?
1: I couldn't agree. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I couldn't agree more because they can talk about those values. They can talk about those policies. But if you don't see that they're on the court with them, that might be an orange flag for you. So there's a lot of unconscious bias around women in work. So we see in the interview process that women with children are often the most discriminated against. We also see that women of color are highly discriminated against. So you want to make sure that as you're going into that process and as you're kind of vetting the organization, you see that, okay, there are women in leadership. There are women with children in leadership. There are women of color and leadership. that You basically see yourself in these places. And it's not just a policy on paper that it's actually something that is real and live and that the company is truly supporting and maybe even having conversations with those people to see what their experience is truly like in that organization.
0: Yes. Yes. That is so powerful. <laughs> What would it look like? So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, I am not in the right place or where I work, it doesn't align with my values, or I'm ready to do something different. What if somebody is ready to move on from their current work situation, which by the way, statistics back up that a lot of people, specifically women are feeling that way. How can somebody confidently pick their next opportunity and know that it can align or move them closer to the thing? Like we talked about at the very beginning.
1: Yeah. I love this question so much. Also, this is my favorite time to work with people because they're like, okay, I'm really ready to step into the fullness of change the game. Like, it gets so juicy here. Yes. (laughs) So I'd say the first thing is is looking at our beliefs. So we want to make sure that our beliefs are in support of us having the thing. So I will work with a lot of people that are like, okay, I want the dream, but I don't know if I feel like the dream is possible for me. So first and foremost, we want to kind of look at our belief system and our limiting beliefs to be like, okay, do I think that I can have this thing that I can have the dream? First part. Yeah. Then the second thing is I have this framework. It's called the aligned leadership framework. So I believe that the great work of our lives sits at the intersection of these five areas where our most exceptional abilities are, because we all have really exceptional gifts that we want to get on the court with and build our work around our values. So what we value in the context of our work and outside of work, what we want to impact in this world, what we need and what brings us joy. And so, when we kind of look at things through that lens, that is sort of the filter with which we want to push these opportunities through. So, we want to basically say, you know, as we're interviewing, okay, will I be on the court with my most exceptional abilities? Will I be able to really show up and shine inside my gifts? Does this organization value the things that I value? The joy piece is interesting because I think a lot of us are like, oh my gosh, are we allowed to have joy at work? And especially now, I think it's kind of a 60 40 split. So, if 60% of the time things feel really joyful, that's kind of a good balance. And then the impact. So are you able to impact the things that you want to impact, whether it's like having an impact on your family by making more money or having an impact on a particular community by being in service in that role? And then the last piece is needs. So is this role going to meet your needs, whether those needs are your salary needs, your paid time off needs, your work life balance needs, but being really honest about what you need to be able to show up fully for that work? And I think when we look at life through that lens and work through that lens, everything starts to unfold differently. And to our earlier point, it's not like overnight, I found the thing. For some people, actually, that is true. It's like, oh my God, I'm in the place and this is amazing. (laughs) And for some of us, it's a process of becoming and getting clearer, which was my story. So every step, we get closer to that place that feels really alive and delicious for us.
0: You know me, I love discovering new tools that I can share with you to help you work smarter. And if you're anything like me, you might be running your business from the kitchen counter or the kid's playground. So having tools that travel with you are essential. From marketing to sales and service, HubSpot has tons of tools that help you run and scale your business easily from anywhere. One of my favorite tools is mobile inboxes where all of your incoming email and live chats go to one shared location, meaning your whole team can work from one place and easily manage your sales and customer support. So easy, right? Then there's the custom surveys from HubSpot. With a custom survey, you can solicit feedback with unlimited questions, diverse question types, and easy shareability. Leverage the insights you collect to enhance your customer experience and deepen your customer relationships. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I want to know in your own experience, because I just am loving this so much, but I want to know, do you feel you had your full stop moment? Mm -hmm. But have you had that eureka moment of like, I am living it exactly what I think? Or are you kind of more in that process of constantly becoming? Because I do agree. I feel like there are two camps of people out there. And I feel like I'm someone who is like constantly just kind of like paying attention to myself, my desires, my passions, my curiosities, and also my priorities and shifting as we go like a snake in the sand. But which one is true for you?
1: Yeah, I'm in the same camp as you of like, always becoming. Yes. And I think that there was a moment where being a high achiever, I was just like, always moving the goalpost of like, well, I've arrived here. And like <laughs> Now I want this next thing. <laughs> but, I, but I think that there's also a moment now where it's like, okay, I celebrate the fact that I've arrived at the place that I wanted to go to. And now that I'm standing in this place something else lights me up. Something Mm -hmm. else is true for me. And I'm going to move towards that thing because it's life-giving. So it's like, we were talking about failure at the beginning of like, I don't really believe in that. I believe that we're always getting clearer. We're always learning something that we take on the journey that moves us forward. And I think that's such a beautiful experience. Mm, I agree.
0: Can we talk a little bit about health as it pertains to career? You know, you've had your own experience. I have been going through kind of this journey of health stuff in terms of nothing is wrong, but I want to optimize and feel even better in that. And it's been so fascinating to me because even in just looking into my lab work and things like that, I'm reminded about how a lot of times as women, like we don't advocate for ourselves in that way. And also we only seek out help when we're like desperate for it. And so I'm curious, kind of, can you walk me through a little bit of your own journey and then how you're helping other people? Because that's a really big piece of what you're doing right now. But looking at like the whole self, including how you feel and your health each day and how that can impact your life and also your passion and hopefully your career.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that into the space because I agree. It's such an important piece of the puzzle. Like if we don't feel great in our bodies, if our brains aren't functioning, how can we show up for the work that we're called to do? Like we likely can't. And for me, it's so interesting when I'm out of integrity, I always get called out through my body. Mm. So, you know, I had that stop moment. I think it's 12 years ago now. And two years ago, I actually had another bit of a health issue. I actually had mold poisoning and that had implications for how my brain was functioning and the energy that I had. And so we always want to be checking in and I, I tend to work with a lot of high achieving folks, maybe they wouldn't describe themselves that way, but they really are. And a lot of the time, they don't pay attention to the whispers, right? They wait for the yes. shout, Yeah. which was like, okay, sounds like you're nodding along too. Like that was also my
0: experience. <laughs> yes.
1: And so we get to check in at interval and just fine tune so that we don't have to be so reactive, right? If we can be a bit more proactive about our wellness, that way we don't have to be reactive about sort of the big things that's always really supportive. So I bring that into my sessions of like, yes, we're looking at your business and your career, but we're also looking at how you're feeling in your body, how your energy is, how your mindset is, because all of those pieces work so harmoniously together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And so it's just, it's a constant checking in as well. Right. And The really challenging piece too, this has been my experience and for a lot of my clients too, it's that a lot of us are operating at a baseline of not feeling great and we've just kind of learned to push through. And so we don't really have this point of reference for what it feels like to feel great. So sometimes I like to invite my clients into let's go there first, because you start to see what it feels like to feel great and what's possible when you feel great. And then you don't want to live any other way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think too, it's so interesting. Like for me, my full stop moment was after our second miscarriage. And it was just like, what is going on in my body? And here's the thing is like, I was on top of the world career wise, but I was also burnt out. Mm -hmm. Like my body was, I mean, I had adrenal fatigue, my cortisol levels were through the roof. There's so many things and I never had put together that like the way I was working was affecting so much more than just my life. It was our future life, our family life, like all of these things. And so it is so fascinating. I think I just look at it from a totally different standpoint and I'm like, man that's what hustle culture can do to you and and it can look nice. different for every single person but adrenal fatigue and cortisol and all those things we all have those <laughs> those all can happen to us and yep. this wake up earlier stay up later work harder just one more email culture kind of has us on this roller coaster that really can have long-term health effects which is something that i think a lot of entrepreneurs don't talk about. And I think too, I want to start talking about it more because I'm so fortunate to have the resources to be able to just do all this investigative, like health you know, insights. Yeah. But I think that it's something that we need to make more mainstream and figure out ways to make it more accessible for people to be proactive and not just reactive when it comes to health.
1: I could not agree more. And I also love inside of what you're saying too, is sort of the mind-body connection. Because I mean, as an entrepreneur, and it sounds like this is your experience too, like there can be really stressful moments. And so sometimes when we're feeling that emotional, psychological stress, it taxes our nervous system. It has implications for cortisol and adrenaline and norepinephrine and all those hormones. And so one of the things that I'm playing with at this level of entrepreneurship for myself is how can I rise to this next level of becoming and do it in a way that feels really grounded for my Mm, nervous system? So I'd be like, oh, okay, here comes in this thing that used (laughs) to be like really stressful for me. And I'm just gonna see if I can like flip the script and do this from a place of like grounding and make it feel easy and make it feel joyful. Now, here's the rub. I don't always get it right. But it's like this thing that I'm playing with of like, can I invite my mindset and my nervous system into this more grounded place so there's less of an impact on my body? body. But yes. I also hear you on the like the feeling the privilege piece of like, I also have the resources to explore, and like have amazing doctors, and that's not available and possible for everyone. And I really hope that we we start to live in a world where it is.
0: Yeah, amen. And I, I think what's so beautiful about this discussion is that when we look at entrepreneurship, and this is just kind of entrepreneurship as a whole, a lot of us go into this, I was just having a discussion with my mom about this the other day. And she's like, I was so worried about things like health insurance and things like that. Mm -hmm. And we lose a lot of those types of, you know, privileges and benefits that we once had as we leap into this new career. But a lot of times that can come at the expense of, annual physicals or even dental checkups and things like that, that can actually make a difference. And so I think it is fascinating to really look at how are we prioritizing our health and feeling vibrant, doing the work that we love, but how can we make sure that that becomes a part of our business model and a value of ours as either entrepreneurs or side hustlers or employees of bigger systems. And I think that that's something that we as women should become better advocates for, because a lot of times we're taking care of everybody else. And like you said, at the very beginning, self-care needs to be a necessity. It's not just, you know, something extra these days.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. It was, you know, it's interesting, like insurance, as you're saying, it's like one of the last things that I added on. Yeah. for me with like autoimmune, that probably should have been one of the first things. Yeah. And I, you know, there were some rock bottoms because of that. And so, you know, when I'm working with people now, I'm always like, okay, what does that look like for you? Do you have your plan in place? Do you have your wellness plan? Do you have your team? And I had a client text me the other day of like, I'm oh, I got insurance and I got braces. And I was like, yes. Good job, that's amazing. <laughs> Celebration. Because, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, but If we are not taking care of ourselves, we can't show up for the people that we love, for the causes that we deeply believe in, for the work that we're called to do. So what's the point, right? So, but I think so much of what we've been taught has really been backwards of like, you know, expend energy, take care of all people at whatever cost. And it's no longer possible to live that way, I don't think.
0: Yes. Okay. So one of the things that you are brilliant at is just this holistic approach of looking at our mindset and our bodies and how we lead and show up. What would you say as advice for someone who's like, I would love to wake up and feel in alignment. I would love to authentically show up as myself. I would love to be passionate about what I'm doing. How would you guide somebody towards a life like that?
1: Yeah. So... I believe that nourishment is a conduit to clarity. So like, again, kind of taking care of ourselves is sort of that first step, because when we take care of ourselves, we can actually hear our intuition. We can actually hear ourselves. And when we can actually hear ourselves, we know what is true for us and we know what's not true for us. So that's kind of one of the most important pieces. I also believe that I call it authentic energy. We all have different energy codes and we move through life differently. So we want to get a sense of our energy and design our work and our life around that. So for example, like when does your brain work the best? When are you the most energized? When do you do your best solo work? When do you do your best group work? And seeing if you can design your work around that. And then also the aligned leadership framework. So looking at your most exceptional abilities, what brings you joy, what you want to impact, what you need, and what brings you joy. All those pieces Are so important to us stepping fully into alignment. And it's a process too. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about this before. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It's like we pull back the layers or we pull one thread, right? So maybe we start to move our bodies and take care of ourselves and meditate, and then we get clearer. And then maybe we step into a job that doesn't feel like the final destination, but it's feeling a little better. Okay, now I'm clear on what my exceptional abilities are. And now I'm clear, okay, I want to take that into entrepreneurship. And this is what it looks like. And so giving ourselves permission to play and to adjust. along the way is so, so, so important. And I also want to caveat that, you know, for a lot of us, for the majority of us, we need our jobs, right? And we don't always feel like we can take a risk. And so the more that we can take kind of one micro step at a time, the more it'll serve us, right? We don't have to kind of jump from the frying pan into the fire or throw the whole thing out at once. We can take these micro steps, these small actions that start to unblock us, help us get clearer, and eventually we can step into the dream.
0: Mm. You are exceptional about encouraging experimentation in that I always love to look at entrepreneurship as this massive experiment that just yields results. It's not a success. Mm -hmm. It's not a failure. Everything we're doing is just a catalyst of giving us results. And then we can look at the results and direct our course accordingly. And I just love how you encourage that because I feel like nowadays we are so hard on ourselves If we get off course, if we wake up one day and we're like, what am I doing with my life? Or if we choose the wrong thing, we kind of enter this like really weird, like shame and guilt cycle where really, it's just an experiment and we're making the best decisions we can in the moment. What would you say about that? First of all, I
1: love that you are also in that space of it's a beautiful experiment. Yes. You know, I think... So much of it is mindset too. So everything that you're saying is growth mindset, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we're not fixed. We don't believe that our abilities are fixed. We believe that we're aggregating skills and data to basically step into something new to grow, to evolve. And I think that's really beautiful. And leveraging that growth mindset and also getting really clear on the voices in our head. Are they in support of us experimenting and growing and learning? Or are they like, hey, that's not possible for you because we can flip the script on those stories and those voices in our head. So we want to get really clear on what those are. And then also one of the things that's been so important for me has been my cheering squad as well. So not only the voices in my head and getting (laughs) those sort of in support and and really sort of helping champion me towards the dream, but the people outside of my head that I'm surrounded by every single day, are they naysayers or are they people that are also living in the space of experimentation and believe that everything is possible? Because that really shifts our reality when we start to be in community with people that also feel that way and think that way.
0: So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. Yes, I couldn't agree more. If somebody was listening to this and they were like, I want to build up my cheerleading section, Mm -hmm. who do you think are the key players that really help keep you in check, keep you in alignment and help you just believe that whatever you're dreaming of is possible?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I have people in my cheering squad kind of for different areas. So I have somebody on my cheering squad that has a beautiful relationship with money because she expands me around that and what's possible. I have somebody on my cheering squad that is the most high EQ person I have ever met because she expands <laughs> me around. Like, I'm a Scorpio, and there's times that yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. And she's like, go there, go. <laughs> and then I have people on my cheering squad that are unconditional love, you know? So having people for different areas where you want to be expanded or you want to stretch yourself, I think can be the most supportive because they start to show you from a belief system perspective that that's possible for you because they embody it. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness.
0: Okay. Amina, you were recently named on successes top 125. So amazing. What is something that is making you feel successful this year? What is your definition of success as we're in 2022?
1: So we know that in the past, I have sort of chased those shiny objects outside (laughs) of myself. (laughs) So in 2022, I really try to be, you know, quote unquote, in right relationship with my success. But I think the things that really light me up the most and make me feel like, okay, I'm doing the work that I came here to do. And that's my, my version of success is just watching my clients flourish. Like I genuinely love the people that I work with and that's such a blessing and a gift. And so when I see them achieve the thing that was their dream a year ago, or climb to that next mountain or milestone, or live in a way that feels of integrity for them, it just like blows my heart right open. And like, what could feel better or more successful than
0: that? Mm, That's so beautiful. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and learn more about your work? Tell me all the places. Thank you, Jenna.
1: So you can follow along on Instagram at Amina Altai, and the spelling will be in the show notes. You can also go to my website, aminaaltai.com. And for those that are interested, I have, I'm enrolling now for my spring and summer one on one coaching cohort. And I'm also about to launch a juicy new digital course called the Career Up Level. So yeah, so follow along on Instagram or on my website, and hopefully those tools will be supportive of you.
0: Amina, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast. This has been such a pleasure.
1: Oh, it's been my honor and my joy. And for those that are interested in kind of doing a little bit more inquiry around the great work of their lives, I'd love to offer a free worksheet. It's called the Passion and Purpose Worksheet to help you get clear on those five different areas. Amazing. And where
0: can everybody get that? So there'll be a link in the show notes. Perfect. Amazing. Head to jenicatureblog.com You can search Amina's name or just find today's show notes and grab that extra freebie. Thank you so much, Amina, for being here with me.
1: Thank you, Jenna. It was truly an honor and a joy. I love you so much. Your work is incredible. And if there's any ways that I can support you, please let me know.
0: I loved this conversation with Amina. It honestly felt like this invitation for us to start to make the best decisions that we can, believing that everything is an experiment that will yield a result that will guide us on our path forward, closer to that thing or the things that we are passionate about, that we are curious about, that we are excited about. I think this is a much needed conversation in our space as we are navigating Am I happy? Am I doing what I love? Is it possible to find even semblances of joy in the workplace? And And if boundaries are necessary, how can we instill those and hold ourselves to those boundaries? I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to connect with incredible, incredible leaders like Amina. And I'm so grateful that you hit play on another episode of the show. If you have a minute today, please leave a rating or a review. I would love to hear from you. It really lights my fire and makes me passionate about doing this work. And as always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast guest. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals.